Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And on today's show, we have Maxwell Schiano. Hi, Maxwell. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm very excited to chat with you because I, I mean, I want to know all about the SJP photo on top of the Empire State Building, but we'll wait, we'll save it. Let's get <laughs> yep, into, yep. Uh, okay. can you introduce yourself to our listeners who may not know you and give us a background on yourself and how you got into photography? Yep. So uh, my name is Maxwell Schiano. Um, I'm a freelance filmmaker and photographer. I've been doing this on and off between uh, freelance and full-time companies for the last give or take 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I got uh, started in photography through filmmaking, actually. So I started as a filmmaker. And uh, some of the first stuff that I was doing professionally was uh, fashion films. So like, I have uh, mm. an identical twin brother. And he you know, was an accessory designer and a shoe designer. And this was like at the early... Uh, period of like fashion when they were getting into it was kind of like in, it felt indie in a way where they were doing yeah. short films and cool and uh my brother was like oh you should try to like get into fashion film and that ended up being kind of a kind of an in, intro into filmmaking and kind of just like making my way as a creative and uh through that just uh started doing some music videos and um then I just got to the point where I was directing and uh, working on sets. I used to work as a PA and kind of doing a whole grab bag of things just to continue and sustain and whatever, you know, just learn and just be a part of every aspect of the production that I could be. And uh, I got kind of tired. I was like, mm. you know, like being on the <laughs> productions out. and, you know, it's also just high stress. It's like, the, oh my yeah. God, the, high the, stress. Um, you know, especially the, like the fashion stuff. It's like, you know, when when the video comes out great, it's like you're you did great and everyone you know what I mean. And then mm-hmm. it's like then when it comes out bad, it's like you get thrown under the bus. Like, you know you're the yeah. you, you messed it up or whatever. You know it's it's hard because it's like you're dealing with conceptual ideas and you're not like oh okay, it's not like a ad. You know what I mean? It's right. like kind of like a short film, so it's hard to really know. But but uh, that's when I like was just like you know got tired from doing the PA stuff and. Uh, I just was like, you know what? I want to really sharpen up my post-production skills. So then I was working as an editor for a really long time. And that was pretty much like my main career for a while. And I ended up, eventually ended up to uh, editing like commercials and like on-demand content for uh, HBO. And I did some stuff for uh, NBC and National Geographic. And like, I really, I really love that stuff because it's like seemingly boring but like it's like like if you ever see like on on demand and you're like looking through this is like kind of old like they changed now but when you're like looking through movies and on the side and like did this like little teaser where mm. it like did a song and then it went through like all the movies that are out there now so like we would edit those and like i 
I love that. So it's like I would see sometimes previews of new shows that weren't oh, out yeah, yet and cool. stuff like that. So and it was crazy because it was for television. So like yeah, I would edit yeah. uh there would be hard deadlines. So like my time frame would be like you either work one day this week or you work literally every day all night until three AM until this thing is delivered and like I just like I just like also I just like from working that job had like a unique perspective of the city because I would like eat dinner at like twelve most of the time and then I would like wow. leave work you know it was just like a yeah, huge yeah, and I would, yeah. like I remember because like one of the funniest things I would leave work and I would see like all the city like empty and asleep and it would just yeah. be like all the doormen chilling out outside when I would uh. leave and and uh, it was just kind of. I, I love that like unique experience, but then I was just, uh, you know, you realize that like, look, I'm working for these big companies and like, I'm not making the money that I should be like how mm-hmm. it's like one of these moments where I, when you work in industries, like doing creating media and with big names and stuff like that, that like, you know, the curtain gets pulled back and you're like, oh, okay, it's not like, this is not exactly what I pictured, you know, like, it's not like, oh, you work for HBO and now you're a millionaire or like, you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. it's like, just still struggling. And I remember like, I remember the feeling like I was at this uh, bar and I was like chilling there and I was like, oh, I'm like feeling like broke and like, I don't know what to do with my work and stuff like that. In a commercial I edited for NBC came on the television. I was like, I was like, this, you shouldn't feel this way. Like I just edited this television. That's on this, uh, uh, commercial that's on national television. I was like, I should better about myself and doing things, you know? So I was like, okay, I got to make a change. And that was right when Instagram popped up. So that's Mm. when I kind of like, just like said to myself, I was like, you know, I'm just going to like, really, I feel something about Instagram is going to be big. You know, like I just was like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to put all of my energy into this. Wow. And because uh, I, I, I just was like, you either you either grow through like several different ways. You either become someone's assistant, whether yeah. it's a photographer or a filmmaker or an editor. And then you kind of just grow, you know, in that saying as you pay your dues, you wait for your seat and then you move on that one, which is very slow. You know what yes. I mean? I'm sure you learn a lot, mm-hmm. but like that just wasn't for me because I wanted to do everything. I wanted to be part of like every piece of production and like just, you know, I didn't want to stay in one place and one type of like media. So I was like, that's not for me. And then it was just like, you know, either you keep moving from job to job. And I was like, well, I don't really want to do that. So I, was, I just put all my energy into Instagram. And then when I started, I'm just going to go in and like make these 15 second films and like really put a lot of energy into doing that. And like my Instagram account blew up and Mm -hmm. like people just were following me. And it was crazy because I got, it went to a point where like I was saying no to the editing stuff. And then I was just solely working on projects from people booking me from Instagram. Wow. Wow. And that was, uh, yeah, that was like maybe a year of, uh, just that. And Hmm. then, so that, in in that period of time, I wasn't a photographer at all. So like, actually the photography that I would do is more just like for myself. So I would like take photos as like notes for like, you know, I like this set, this kind of setting where Ah. like, you know, ideas for filmmaking and stuff like that. And I would just kind of like, you know, it was just kind of like a hobby and it was just on my phone. I never really used any camera or any film camera or anything like that. So that's how it started. And Instagram really you know, my family and my friends and like then just getting more attention from there, people just kind of really encouraged me to 
explore the photography, which I never felt confident about. I was just like, oh, I that's, don't, that's you know, cool. yeah, yeah, because it's like you know, that's where it's like you think about. We have a unique generation because we grew up to see the internet come about. We didn't yeah. have that when we were kids. You know, right. we felt like the internet was amazing when it first came out because all the outsider hobbies and all the things that we couldn't talk about with the local people yep. like that, that we were friends with, we finally had a place for those things. We we're like, Oh, yep. okay. I'm that's not so, like weird. So I'm not like yeah. weird or like, I not like this is, you know, I'm not so isolated like that. That was, so I always think about like, you know, with the way Instagram first came out, like that was, that was the best thing because it was an even playing field and it was super uh, innocent in the way that people just wanted to like enjoy the work. And like, it wasn't about anything that it is today with the, you know, yeah. competing and comparing and everything like that. So anyway, the Instagram stuff just blew up for me and like really started to turned into so many different opportunities. And that's where basically all out of... So I, I became friends with this uh, woman, this woman, Ruba, who is now the creative director for uh, Tiffany & Co. Oh, This was a long time ago. And um, you don't know, you didn't know what people did for a living. You just were like, oh, okay, I see your Instagram account. Like you seem like cool and you're mm -hmm. like on some cool shit. Like I just like a natural interaction. And then uh, what happened was is... One day I was like at work editing a video and um, I just get a DM from her. It just says, call me with her number, with a number. <laughs> oh, and I, I was that. like, I was like, this is, this is just too, you know, too weird. I was like, I have to, I was like, oh yeah, I got to take a break. And then I like called her and she was like, oh, I want you to photograph a book for Tiffany and Co. We're going to have like a new line of watches and we want you to do the idea was to capture like the New York Minute, which is like mm. they had a book of 60 pages and 30 pages were watches and 30 pages were New York images. So it was like they wanted to do <gasps> the succession of like the New York day from uh, sunrise to sunset. So mm. I was like, this is unreal. This is like literally my favorite type of project. Yeah. That I do. And, uh, and that was the first official photography job that I got. Dude, hell yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I was like, I didn't even have a camera. I was like, I need to buy, like, I, I think I oh, used geez. my, because I had like, well, I had like a video camera, but it wasn't really the GH4 or GH3, I think. I was like, okay. And then I think I remember I bought the, whatever the generation, the X100 in that time, I think it was the second mm -hmm. X100 for the Fuji or whatever. I got that mm -hmm. Literally just put it on a credit card, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> worry about that later." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So uh, use those cameras for that project, and I just like loved it. Basically, I went in like I went mm -hmm. two weeks straight. I got up for uh, sunrise every morning, and basically photographed all day walking around the city, and did that oh for God. like two two weeks straight until sunset, and then just like I was. I don't even know, thousands of images. It's just yeah, 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 yeah. crazy. And it was cool because she was sending me like reference books from like photography oh. books and stuff like that. And then stuff with like this motion blur. And I was just like, oh, I, I had never had any experience doing that. And it was really cool to like get like the feedback on like each day's set of images and to like, yeah. oh, try to do this more. Like we like this, would try to shoot it this way. And, you know, I never had someone not only like professionally looking at my work but also giving me like creative direction and like uh yeah 
that was uh that was sick what an amazing first gig like I know, come right? on that's just man home run thank you i just i think what really comes across and is like i love new york city like and i think that mm-hmm. comes across in my images oh i see One, that i see yeah, that 1, on your instagram yeah yeah you know and sure. like i'm always walking around the city and i think that's what like what she wanted me to do. Like, it was just like, you know, I think like she knew that I was like still getting my photography skills together, but it was like, shout out to all the people that like see early talent and like mm-hmm. give them, give them uh, an wow. opportunity to grow. And like, yeah. cause I, I believe in that heavily because, you know, it's just like, sometimes it's not about finding the person that can do this perfectly, but doing the person that has the heart for it and right. then, you know, can really, like jump into that and, and and like grow from it. So that was amazing for me that I got that opportunity and like made that connection. And now what's great about it is like, it's come full, full circle. So like now I'm working back with her again with Tiffany Eco since uh, last year. So it's an amazing Fantastic. full circle moment from there. But uh, since that happened, then it gave me the ability. I used the money that I got from uh, that, shoot uh obviously uh i bought a sony the first uh sony a7s mm-hmm. and then um you know i was still photo and video minded at the same time so i was like okay a friend of mine basically because i was you know this was so early in social media that like people mm-hmm. were like oh you're like a social media expert you know i'm like i don't know <laughs> i just like being on instagram so my friend worked for a magazine in the uk called back magazine and she just hit me up out of the blue and was like, do you want to be the U.S. social editor? And like, I forget what it was called, like basically like in charge of the social media and the, and the media photo and video stuff for a fact magazine in the U.S. And I was like, I didn't even have to think about it. I was like, yeah, of course. And like, <laughs> yeah. it was actually, it was sure. actually less money than the money I was making at the time. But I was like, no one, nobody that I know has had a job like this. It was right. like doing social media that's what I always wanted to do. Like take all these aspects of creativity and, and photography and video and like mix it all together. And so I was like, yeah, of course. So what, what, what time frame is this? What, what year are we, are we talking see. about here? Maybe that was 2016 or no, 2014 mm-hmm. or 15. All right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then I was, I was at that company for uh, about a little over a year or or more, I can't I can't remember. But um, basically, I had a blast working for that company because it was it was great because I was like a satellite and I could just kind of oh yeah pitch all these. So like they hadn't done photography and video stuff in uh, that respect before. So I was like, I'm just gonna be super ambitious and like you know push for so much photography of concerts and and interviews of, of stuff like that. And that's where I was like. A lot of big uh, opportunities have come from that, like some photos that I've got of Bjork and some photos that I have of like Skepta and uh, Pusha T. Damn. Mm. Just a lot. I can't even count how many photographs that I have because it's just so many people that I would just like, of course, I would literally like just say yes to everything. And I was working constantly for that. I just just loved it. You know what I mean? I was definitely Mm -hmm. like a labor of love and... uh, wasn't becoming rich from it but i just like i knew something was special in that moment and like that specific job and all that stuff going on so it's just like 
Dude, you you were though you, you were getting rich. There was so much experience and, yeah, and just like all that stuff. Money oh, money sure. money isn't everything for sure. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. I mean that. Uh, so what happened was specifically that photo of Bjork. It was crazy. So like she uh, Triangle Records. I, I don't think they're together anymore. Did this party as part of Red Bull Music Academy like uh events that they do in new york and um it was in an abandoned bank in wall street oh. and uh down in the basement basically i got kind of like a sneak heads up from pr that something crazy was gonna happen <gasps> be in be in this be in this room you know something's about to go down and then bjork that was like the first of her secret dj sets that she started doing like she started doing it around new york and then a couple Dude. other cities and stuff like Whoa. that yeah so and I was glad that I had the uh, the A7S because it was like pitched, pitched oh, up yeah. in the yeah, uh, yeah. in that basement. And I was like, "This is on." Unre- like that's when I was like, "Camera technology is insane." That's what, <laughs> when <laughs> yep, when they yep. started to make those changes, I couldn't even believe it. And, and uh, so that photo went viral. And then like I didn't expect like the accounts for Fact Magazine basically got like hundreds of thousands of followers, like oh, you know damn. what I mean? And then uh I'm waking up and like French newspapers are hitting me up and I'm like, I don't even know what the what the hell wow. this they're saying, Jeez. you know what I mean? For yeah, to yeah. run the the, the, the photos. Wee, wee. And I was like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my god. So that was a total experience. And uh, it was funny. So like a lot of the um, Red Bull events that I shot, like those photos just got like a lot of attention and and love. And like, I think even Red Bull shared some of the stuff. And I was like, you know, when you like get that feeling like someone is scouting you or like Mm -hmm. looking at you, you know, and I was like, okay, like Red Bull followed me. And then there was all this, like someone that worked at Red Bull followed me. And so I was like, okay, when is, who's going to hit me up? You know what I mean? What's going on here? So then basically someone scouted me to do that same job for Red Bull. And basically, well, it wasn't technically Red Bulls for this company called Yada Star, which is Red Bull Music Academy that ran all the music. There was an agency that ran all the music properties for Red Bull at the time. So um, I was at that company for about three, four years. But basically, I was the first in-house creator for that company. So like they didn't have any, all the, all the, uh, photography, all the video and stuff like that. They worked with like external freelancers and, uh, stuff like that before then. So I was like, I was excited. And that was like the type of company that they hired me, that there's no job title. They're like, they said that they wanted, you know, they said, (laughs) okay, we want, this is kind of what we want you to do, but there's really no title for this. And, uh, that's when, you know, I just kind of, started stepping into the music stuff even more and uh mm. did a lot of traveling went to germany a lot and uh just really wild really yeah, loved so the experiences cool. it was definitely like you know when i got to the same point with the working as a pa where i was just like okay this is like this might be my limit like i think i need to like change sometimes yep. like I definitely got to that point where like this job was extremely demanding traveling yeah. all the time working nights and weekends and stuff like that but like you said it was like i definitely don't regret any of the experiences and stuff like that but it was just like you know music is brutal like i don't know oh yeah you guys work in music but it's like uh music is very tough so a lot of a lot of uh attitudes and egos Mm -hmm. no budgets and budgets and yeah so but that's 
from there, basically, like I had planned to like leave for a while and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I still had this like, you know, as a creative, you you know, like you you have the, the sensibility. You're like, part of me feels like, okay, maybe like I'm, I'm good at this. Like I could get some more work. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of you is like, I don't know. Like, am I that good? Like, can I like, <laughs> yeah. how can I can I sustain myself doing this? I don't know. You know what I mean? So, and I feel like that like comes with like a lot of our generation is when we like originally like were sent off to college and stuff like that. It's like, pick your career, pick your your job or your college thing. That's going to be your life forever. And I'm glad that like now it's very loose for people and like they, they feel a lot more supportive, but like back, back in that time, it was like, pick this is going to be your future forever. And like, and that's where I was like, I didn't originally pick to go into any media or creative stuff because I was like, I don't know if I'm good at this and I don't want to waste a lot of money and then feel like a fool at the end of it and then not have any job to show for. Yeah. Yeah. That's real scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just uh, as a side, a side conversation with that whole thing is the best thing I ever did is I took a break in between college. I did two mm. years of college. I didn't know what, what I wanted to do. I took some uh, matriculating classes doing like animation and motion design and like like 3D modeling and stuff like that. And I really loved it. But like I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just took a break. And uh, that was the best thing that I ever did. And then when I moved back to New York and I was like, look, okay, I was just working and living, not really thinking about what I wanted to do. I just was like, you know, I'm just going to live for a little bit and not stress too much about that. But then that's when I was like, okay, I got to do I got to do something now. So I moved back to New York. And before going back to school, I basically was like, I'm just going to go and try and work and get what any any job, yeah. or any internship I can to get involved in the film industry and like just in the media industry, like period. And that's what I just started doing. I just started interning and working for all these like random companies, whatever I could get. And that was the best I learned so much from that experience because I just realized that it's like, you just need to do it. The confidence comes from doing it. Not from from thinking that you can do it beforehand. It's just like, you just need to throw yourself into the circuit and then just keep going that way. Cause you just learn from everybody else. And you realize that like, everything is a language you learn, you know, you're thrown under like, even at the same type of job, you're doing the same type of job at a different place. It's like, everybody does it differently. So it's, yeah, you're constantly going to be learning. So that was the best thing I did. Then I, I went back and finished school. But uh, oh, good oh for you. cool, yeah, congrats on that. That's a that's a tough thing to do. Well, what I did was uh, so my uncle he was like, oh, you should go to the uh, New York Film Academy. It's like a trade school, mm-hmm. and it's a one year program, mm-hmm. and you can get like two years worth of credits for it. But the biggest thing was is they let you use the equipment at any time. So you could check oh. out the equipment to yep. like mess around and, and create films and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, that's a no brainer that I went there and I loved it. It was basically just like all hands on learning. There was like a, you know, everything was like holding a camera messing or, you yeah, know, like awesome. that was with filmmaking. I love, we shot like some films on 35 millimeter. It was crazy with the oh, whole like Panavision setup. Yeah. I was wondering if they still even, cause it was like photo school for me. They took the darkroom out at at one point, you know. That's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Wait, while you were there? 
No. So they, it, I went in 2003 to 2004 as a 10 month kind of same thing, 10 months, but they're since have closed. But they, you know, my year was like they were just starting to introduce, like, oh, well, there's a digital back for our Mamias. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, people were buying digital SLRs at the end of this, at the end of the, the term because it, that digital was like coming in. So I think a few years after that, they, they stopped film. Like they took the darkroom out. Wow. Yeah. That must have been a weird, because I didn't, like, I wasn't thinking about film photography or even photography at that time. So that must have been like a really weird and like awkward stage for for uh, educational systems to deal yeah. with that. They had a whole contract with Mamiya. Like I got my Mamiya 645 AFD, which I stupidly sold. <laughs> Whoops. We won't go there because yeah, oh, whatever. that's a bummer. Yeah. Like with the school discount. <laughs> well, no, no discount. But oh. part of the two, it was part. It was part of the tuition. But I opened it brand new out of the box. Like, like uh. we opened them. I don't like that. Was our first day, we all like opened the. So I think yeah. by the end, they 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 were. I think you might have gotten either a Nikon or a Canon instead, like okay. a digital camera. Yeah. Wow. Womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> so how how but you know furthering the story, how did you get into film and, yeah, and, when and film shooting all grab, that yeah. stuff? So film really uh, really hit me during the. Uh, so basically, I started working on this. Uh, Red Bull had closed. I like the, I was thinking about leaving the company and the agency that I worked for closed. They basically mm. made my decision for uh, that's perfect okay. leaving and like you know basically sent me back. I said, you know, look, this is like a great opportunity to go back into working freelance. I really loved working freelance. I had so much time for myself and everything like that. Yeah. And uh, so part of my coming back to freelance was like, I really want to spend time on projects for myself that I really believe in and care about. And uh, this colleague that I was working with at uh, Red Bull, Julian Brimmers, he really like encouraged me to discover like other projects. And he's like, you should do like a book and like a zine and stuff like that. So that was basically part of the inception of like getting into film. So I was like, I was trying to figure out this idea for what I want to do for a zine. I knew I want to do like New York photography. And then one day it just turned into making this uh, food cart zine. And they're just photographing Uh, food carts all over the city. I got like really into it. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, I always wanted to uh, shoot film and I just didn't know, you know, I was a little bit like um, intimidated by it. I just wanted to have like the the real space to uh, figure it out and really get into it. So basically what I like set out for myself to do is like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out film photography and like challenge myself in this way and like have that be a big part of uh, photographing for the zine. And so like, I kind of like set these steps for myself, which is like, okay, first, I'm going to photograph and then have the lab develop and scan it. Then sooner, like if I, if I get things down looking good in that scenario, then I'm going to move forward to the lab to develop it and then I'll scan it. So wow. then, then I like, you know, was kind of doing this deduction process with like trying to get more comfortable and like keep growing the process and just like get the look right, experiment with different film stocks and, and like, it was just kind of funny, like thinking back now, I was like buying, I had no idea what film to buy. And I was just like, I mean, it was like just on the website being like, add one, add one, add one, add one. <laughs> I remember I those like, days. You know, it was yeah. like, oh, I like the name of Ektar. Maybe this will come out cool, you know? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
And uh, basically, it was just like a ton of experimenting. And then the pandemic hit. And then I was just like, okay, mm. things have slowed down a ton. And I was like, you know, maybe this is the time to get into developing myself and just uh, really perfect. like owning the full part of the process. And uh, as soon as I got into that, it was like over. I was like, I'm fully, yeah. fully signed up. I'm obsessed. And it just like, you know, it's funny, like with photography, like there's so there's this constant search for like your style and like voice and like how you tell like a story with your images. And uh, with digital, I just was always left questioning myself was like, is this because hmm. like when I worked in video, like I worked as a colorist for a little bit and I would hmm. grade images and I really loved that like aspect. But when it comes to like editing digital photography, like I don't really love the process and it's just nobody like does. It's just, <laughs> nobody yeah. does and it's just like it's to me it's like there's so many endless possibilities and i would do this thing where i would like edit one image and i would edit it in different so many oh different styles and me i would be too. like i'm losing my fucking mind or or, or I, I would like i would edit and then be like okay i'm happy with it cool cool this is it perfect and that would like post it and then like hate it. Like, no, I hate yeah, it. Then, <laughs> like, I hate it. <laughs> I gotta read it. And then they're like, oh, shit. Down. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, judgment of sending the photos from your computer to your phone. You'd be like, yep. oh, my God. Like, I, you like <laughs> look at the image on your phone. You'd be like, oh, shit. I need to like fully, <laughs> fully re-edit this. Like, that is, that is hard to judge sometimes. But, uh, but like, yeah, with the, with that, I was just like, as soon as I adopted the process with film photography, I was like, this is, this is like this. I feel like so much closer to this and the final product uh, of the image yeah. Yeah. where I just felt yep, like yep. it just looks like how I want it to look and like just feels how I want it to feel. And like, I like that it's not so perfect. And like, that's one thing that like is just in, has like helped my photography period where it's just like, I know that from film photography that like, to not be as precious about everything, to not like yeah. want everything so sharp, to not want anything yep, with the best yep. shutter speed. And it's like, I just, yeah. it's, it's all about feeling and story and what you're capturing. And I was just like through film photography and all the uh, restrictions that come with that sometimes with light and shutter speed and whatever you're shooting, it just like, it really has helped me focus on what I actually was thinking about. Cause the technical stuff just always, I feel like clouds my judgment mm -hmm. sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was my, that was my foray into film photography. And now I'm, I'm, I'm deep. What's, what was your first <laughs> film camera? Uh, it was a Minolta X370 that I got okay. from B, that I got from B and H. And it was funny because I shot like two or three rolls with it and I took it to get developed. And I was like, what is going on with this camera? Like, am I like this bad? Like, it was like, so they were so messed up and I had no idea. And I kept asking other people and no one, like, I didn't really know uh, like many other film photographers and like, no, and they're like, eh, you know, mm. and uh, I ended up finding out that the camera was broken. So I was oh, like, thank, no. thank God, yeah, thank God least. it's not me that like, you know, I was like, oh my God. Then, then they, uh, thankfully gave me uh canon a1 a1 as a you know oh. exchange for mm. uh for that which was nice because they're like oh you got a you got a sick deal because uh this is the only camera that we had so uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah it was the canon a1 and like i love that camera i use that camera a lot still with the 50 
I forget what it is, 51.2 or something or 1.6 yeah. or, yeah. Oh, the funniest thing is I bought a, I had to buy a new Sony camera that I use for my client stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, like Adorama and, and B&H, they do those deals. I always wait till Christmas because when mm-hmm. they do those deals, when they give you like the free monitor or the free like extra memory cards or whatever, like it's always yeah. like a big deal. Yeah. I got the one with the like free Atmos, you know, like the external thing we can record in higher mm-hmm. bit yep. rate. And uh, basically like that's when COVID happened. And then I didn't know, I was like, I'm not shooting any video. And I just have this like monitor and I put it up on eBay or not, not eBay, um, Craigslist. I love Craigslist, by the way. It's like, yeah, oh, me, yeah, too. Yeah. me too. It has like a whole culture to it. And it just like the random trades that come. I, I love it. It's like the, uh-huh. so many cameras that I, that I have, or just so many random things that have come from like random trades. So I put up this monitor and this guy hits me up and he goes, would you want to trade for a Bronica? I forget what it was. Uh, you know, kind of like their, version of the like pentex 645 i think oh the or e-t- maybe etri or e- yeah yeah what yeah yeah so he yeah. was like that and i was like mm, you know i don't know i was like uh uh no nah, I'm, I'm i'm good because i didn't really know i was just shooting with the uh <laughs> canon a1 and just kind of like that was my speed at the moment two days later he hits me up and he's like oh would you want to trade for um this uh fuji ga645 oh uh. And I was like, I had no idea that camera was, you know what I mean? And I just looked it up. I was like, oh, this is like a point and shoot medium format camera. I feel I was like, I feel like this could be a cool way to get into medium format, like, you know, in like a low impact way. And uh, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Whatever. Like I got the monitor (laughs) for free. So like, I was Uh. like, I was like, I really can't lose with this situation. So then. I love that camera. Like that You're camera is, is pure magic. Like, yeah. I don't know. And it was funny, like meeting the guy and it kind of like started a community and we like sent each other like photos back and forth. And he was, Oh, yeah, I love that. that was, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. So, uh, that's how I got my first medium format camera, the Fuji GA645. And that's when I was just like, I looked at the scans from, uh, the, uh, what is the, what is the scanner? I forget what it, you know, it's the same one that everybody uses, the flatbed. Epson, Epson, like V600 yeah, Epson or something? V600, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got the scans. I looked at the medium format and I was like, okay, yeah, this is, I'm Game like fully over. Yeah, yeah. I was like yeah. fully hooked now, you know, like I was like, this is sick. You know, I was like still on the level of like confidence, like, do I, you know, I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars because i don't know if i'm good at this or i'm gonna be yeah yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. know have the longevity with with film photography or whatever and just really you know get into it so i bought the fuji gw six 690 oh three. yeah the texas leica yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so i yeah, bought the yeah. texas leica and uh i fell in love with that camera it's like yeah i don't know what it's so funny it's like such a big camera but it's so comfortable to hold and i like I got obsessed. I like would take that camera around all the time for it's street photography. Yeah. And yep. uh definitely a favorite of mine. And just kinda like from there it just became kinda I was just I think I can't remember the the cameras that I bought since then. Oh, and then I bought the GS GS six ninety three because I was like, Oh, I need a wide angle. So <laughs> and at that time Thank God, because those cameras have gotten so expensive now. Oh, I bought those cam- yeah. I bought yeah. those cameras in mint condition for three hundred dollars each. Jeez. Wild. Jeez. Yeah. And that guy was like, 
I felt like that was expensive. You know, like that was, yeah. uh, yeah, that was crazy. Oh, I forgot. I had, uh, in between that time, I bought a uh, Contax G1. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And I really, really loved the Contax G1. And then, like, I think, like, not too long after that, like, a friend of mine was selling their Contax G2. And I was like, this is just too unreal of a price. Like, I think it was like seven, 700 or 600. No. Come and on. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, I got to get this camera. So, like, you know, and then I, you know, obviously upgraded to the G2, yep. which is like, I tell people all the time, the G1 and the G2 is not that much of a difference. Like, people, yeah, I have the G1. I've never thought to, I mean, I've thought about it, but. <laughs> I mean, it's really not that. And I actually kind of like the button layout on the G1 better. The, where the, oh, the way that the buttons yeah. are on the side and it doesn't have that like dial thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I tell people all the time, the G1 and the G2 is not that big of a difference. Mm. What about focusing? Is the focusing that much? Because that's what they say. I think that is an issue that's like per camera because the G1 that I had had no problem. Mm. But, you know, like I feel like that's just the thing that people need to learn that these are just old cameras. They're not the digital cameras that we have now. It's like you need to work with it and you need to like – it has like a – uh, a personality, you know what I mean? You have to right, like, yeah. figure it out. You're like, oh, I know that it doesn't work in this certain lighting that well, so like I have to do something to help it focus or whatever the hell, you know what I right. mean? That's so true. So, yeah, yeah. You got to learn. You got to learn how to how to roll with it. You know? Yeah. When did you start doing street photography? Street, your street photography is phenomenal. Thank you. I was so at the time during the. Like when Instagram first came about, I started doing street photography with my phone. No way. Yeah. So I, uh, that's how I started with photography, like officially with um, just from photos on my iPhone. And Mm. then uh, that kind of just really set the tone for all the photography that I wanted to do. Cause it really like, I, I think it really speaks to like what I, like my process and how I think about photography with street photography is like, it's great to like have all the settings dialed in, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's the feeling right. of the image. And that's what I was like, I have no problem shooting with my iPhone, shooting with film, whatever it is. Like it's whatever I have to capture that moment that's there. You know what I mean? And I love, I love shooting on the phone. I mean, obviously like film now has uh, replaced a lot of that, but um, yeah, I, it's just about the moment for me, like whatever, mm. whatever is there. And I'm walking around the city all the time. So whatever camera that I have to capture that, that's the best one. So, yeah, I can relate to that so much, too, because that's how I got into, you know, making photos as well. Was, mm-hmm. And it's so uh, man, I can remember that you, you could be so sneaky with your iPhone or whatever phone you had. Where, you know, I remember watching videos on YouTube of this is how to not look like you're taking a photo of someone when you're, you know, you got your headphones in and you're just kind of like taking little sneaky shots and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I learned a lot from that composition and all that, because obviously with the phone, I mean, now you can dial in settings and all that stuff. But back then when you're using your like iPhone 4S, you know what I mean? You, didn't, <laughs> yeah. you got what you got with that thing. So it was a lot of fun. And I learned a lot from that, too. So I can. I can totally relate to that. Oh, 100%. Like, I actually think it's like learning photography in like a backwards deconstructed way because you're seeing, you're almost thinking like when you see the photo in the iPhone, you're like almost editing it live. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you're kind of like looking at the composition and figuring out things that way. And it's like, you're learning everything 
backwards because I was always felt like I was, oh, I'm a good editor, but then, you know, I was working on my photography skills. Like I can, as soon as you get the photo, I can edit it really nice. But then I was like, still yeah. need to figure out how to capture it better. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I always felt like that was like a backwards way to do that. And, and like, yeah, I did the same thing with the, using the iPhone uh, volume up button to yep, take yep, photos. Uh-huh. Yep. Or like my favorite, my favorite was that I would do is like, I would take photos and I'd make it look like my phone was broken. I'd be like, what's going yeah, on? Like, yeah, yeah. I wasn't getting <laughs> yeah. service. And then, uh-huh. yeah, I'll do Good that times. one all the time. Good do you times. still do that with your with your camera when you're doing street photography? Sometimes you'd be like, <laughs> "Oh, oops." Uh, mm. Yeah, I think it's like I think now it's more like I do this thing like I'll take the photo and then I'll look down and I'll like look at the camera a little bit like, yeah, oh, yeah, is, yeah. is this thing working?" Or I'll just look away or uh huh. But I definitely I feel like doing this a long time is like a, a lot more confidence as has yeah. come from the street photography and just like just realizing it's like you're gonna be. People are gonna think you're weird regardless. Like you know, yeah. even right. even if obviously you don't want to be like like uh, making people feel uncomfortable. But you know what I'm saying? Like people are gonna think yeah. you're just like who the hell is this guy with a camera? No matter what. So it's uh-huh. like just got to get over it and just like move on. You know. I say when we had Paulie B on, he was saying I was saying like, a lot of his YouTube videos, people didn't even realize he was taking their photo. Yeah, that's so. He fun was to just watch. like click, yeah, click, like wait, click, he's like, in three. he's in New York. Paulie yeah. B. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. What's it called? Like, I mean, that's what it was like New York City. There's so much crazy shit happening on the street yeah. at all times. If you're there and you're moving fast, like, yeah, I'm even... sure people don't even notice you most of the time. Uh huh. Yeah, that's like old clips of uh, Gary Winogrand, too. Like, uh-huh. when you watch him on there, he's just like, you know, looking at his camera and acting like it's broken or that he's like <laughs> looking past you. And he's, yeah, yeah. It's just so fun to watch him. Some people have like truly mastered that really yeah, well. Yeah. Like, and like some people, yeah. like a friend of mine uh, that has a YouTube account, Faiso, uh Westcott. You know, you know him. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I know you. Yeah, mean. yeah. And and I always like like I see his videos, and I like you know when walking the street with him, like he's so fast, it's unreal. Like I'm, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm slow. Like I take my time. Like I'm more like I always think like I'm more of an observer than a photographer because I just like I'm like waiting for the moments. You know, like yeah. right. it's crazy the way that he photographs. It's it's so fat. It's like, it, I'm like completely amazed by it. He'll find like 10 photographs in like one yeah. spot in, two, in like 10 seconds. And I'm like, this is crazy. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, what I love yeah. about photography is like, there's so many different ways that people can tell oh, a yeah. story and yep. see a scene, you know? And yeah, I feel like my style is very slow. And like, I just kind of like, I just enjoy walking around the city. And like, I feel like, yeah, the photography just makes it that much better. It makes me more like present and like observational of what's going on around me. So I won't take a picture for a couple blocks sometimes. And then like, you know, when you see someone with their own kind of spotlight, like, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Make your your page makes me miss the East Coast. I'm from Connecticut originally. Oh, okay. So we, used to, we used to go to New York a couple times a year to see a show or whatever, like yeah, a day yeah. trip. And it's just like all nostalgia for me. I'm like, damn, I miss New York. Thank you. <laughs> so good. I, I feel like a lot of people tell that tell that to me. Like, it looks like the real like street level in New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the everyday experience. You know? Yeah, and it's it's so important to document that stuff too. Like that. Yeah, totally. I love I love you know picking a town and just spending a decade there and and telling a story. I you know I've been calling all my work from living in Nashville and Franklin and Mm -hmm. stuff. And it's just like, holy cow, I didn't realize how many photos I actually had of there. And yeah, 
you know, it's it's going to be neat one day to finally lay that stuff out and put it together and, you know, like a hopefully story soon, form. Hopefully yeah. sooner yeah. than yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. We're ready. It's a lot of work. I would say just get into it. Like, honestly, the I learned the whole thing. Like, I have this, this longer book idea that I want to work on uh, that's still kind of under wraps. The whole thing with the zine was basically like, I want to do this as like a learning process to like, just get me in the flow, like to see what it takes yep. to... Yep print something mm-hmm. and learn this whole process, like all the things that are involved and what you need to do and how many images you need and all that stuff. So like that was a learning process. So I, I recommend everybody. It's like, it's daunting and it's definitely intimidating, but like just yeah. throw something together. Like even if, if it's just for yourself, just to know the process. And like, that's where I was like, I was looking at images differently because I was looking at images being like, you know, I love this, but like, uh, it's a little, I don't know if I would share it or whatever, it's more personal. But then I was seeing like, there's so many images that work in print and books yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. together. That don't yeah. necessarily work mm-hmm. online because it's this continued story and the like the texture and the colors and just like, uh, you know, something that's blurry or something that doesn't look perfect, but it's like in the context of everything together. Like, that's what I loved. I was looking at everything differently in that way. And I never saw my photography like that. And I never like really had a super confidence in my photography to see everything laid out. And I was like, you know, I highly recommend anyone to do that because I agree. I didn't realize how emotional and like involved it would be and how like it kind of changed how I looked at the photography as a whole. Like now, you know I mean? What my purpose in making photographs was not just to post photos online but to tell this story and to like you know that was the original idea with the food card zine which is like i want to there's so many things that change in a city that like that that we just take for granted that um you know it's not necessarily about taking the greatest photographs sometimes it's literally just about documenting these things that are there like you know in new york we had all these like electronic stores that were like every every block in the city and now they're like gone so it's like there's Mm. certain aspects of the city that i think just deserve to be documented and like kept so that was like one of the original ideas behind it is like i'm kind of inspired by these groups on facebook which is like new york city photographs from the past archives and stuff like that and like from different eras and some of the stuff it's like it's not even professional photographers it's just like random people that share their like family photos of like when Mm. they were in the city in that era and it's like i love that it's just a time capsule exactly documenting the the era and the time is like that's what i try to think about and like use as inspiration for some of the stuff that i do dude i totally yeah the time capsule thing is is like my main i started realizing that a couple years in of shooting franklin and just how much everything changes from year to year you know you look at something that you shot three years ago you know that store's not there anymore or they put a new building over here or that payphone's gone or Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's amazing what you can see in that that's kind of where i'm struggling with what i want to do with this decade of work is like do i want to make it like a period piece or do Mm. i want to try to build like a narrative through it or what do i want to do with all this you know like because there's a lot there there's a lot that can be told should i break Ah. it up into a couple different books but Mm -hmm. again you just learn so much about you as well doing that taking those photos and yeah and yeah it's it's exciting stuff and i agree like everybody should you know do one little even if it's a little zine of like my garden or my 
you know, childhood or so, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it, you learn so much from that. You, you there's just endless stuff you can learn. Also documenting that. a kid. I've been 100%. like, I mean, he changes all oh, the yeah. time. I, and I'm I, so stoked for you on that. Luckily yeah. I do have my phone. That's like the one I've like forgiven myself for like, it's on an iPhone. Who cares? You know, like, it does, you know, I'm trying to shoot as much film as possible, yeah, but yeah. yeah. But I think that's what's that's what's yeah. beautiful that it's mixed media. It's like based on you know you're just capturing the moments whether you have the film camera or not, and it's like that's where you see this. Love zine was ended up being mixed media with the with the you know iPhone photos, digital photos, film. It was mostly film photography, but yeah, you know what I mean. It's just about what what I yeah. had, and and that was more mostly important to me. When you say that, it's like okay. Not that I need permission, but I I, <laughs> I want to make a, like a one year photo album of my little one, my little guy, and I don't have any film photos of the, the first couple days in the hospital because mm-hmm. I was gonna bring one, and then I was worried that I, you know, I'm not gonna, I can't shoot because I'm gonna be busy, you know. Yeah. And I didn't. I don't know. I, I was just worried, so we, <laughs> we we brought a point and shoot a uh, film camera, uh, a disposable. Those mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't, they didn't come out. So, Aww. yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh no, like, uh, and I didn't shoot that much film in the beginning because I, you know, I just had a baby. So, you know, now, but now I'm like, tort- now, now he's sitting, like starting to sit up and crawl. So there's more, yeah. you know, but when they're brand new, they just lie there. So it's not that interesting of a, of a photo, but <laughs> I was like, ah, you know, the photos we do have from the beginning are mostly on, on my phone. Like, oh no. And I was like, no, make it a mixed media, make it a one year yeah. book. Like, shut it up. Stop being like, you know? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And honestly, another thing is, uh, during the pandemic, I got a little creative with, uh, some double exposures where I did oh, cool. these photos. So I had some digital photos that I had of the city and, uh, I took the first frame of my screen with the photo and mm. then I did a portrait with whatever on a white wall or whatever. And I did this one with like, I don't know if it's on my Instagram with like the New York Yankee hat and then you see the city. Oh, through cool. It. Oh, sweet. But I don't yeah. know, maybe that's something you could do to get a, yeah. a film, a film photo well, out of yeah, it. Timothy, actually, you're the one who gave me the idea to do the, po- the, the Polaroid. Oh yeah. The iPhone. The, the lab. The, yeah. Po- the, the Polaroid lab. lab. Mm-hmm. I've done that a lot. Yeah. I mean, it takes something that and it adds that, you know, that Polaroid sparkle to yeah. it. You know, you'd never know oh, that it was a printer that prints yeah. out yeah, the digital yeah, yeah. pictures on Polaroid. Yeah, mine's oh, yeah. Right, that's it. Right there. there it is. I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun nice. camera. Oh, yeah. Wait, it has that like accordion thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You set yeah, the phone yeah, yeah. on it and yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. You're welcome, yeah, Tim. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. And since we've, we talked about, I kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the, of the episode, um, that the Sarah Jessica Parker photos were stunning. How did that thank go you. about? But this is mostly for me, listeners. Sorry. No, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, that was, I love that uh, experience. Basically, um, since I've been working for Tiffany & Co., that yeah. was kind of like one of the... Uh, projects that I was doing a lot of stuff around uh, Valentine's Day and then they wanted uh, Sarah Jessica Parker to uh, like light the Empire State Building Tiffany Blue for uh, Valentine's Day. So we got photos of her like flicking the switch down in the uh, area in the Empire State Building and then we uh, were going up to the top to like take portraits and stuff like that. So I was incredibly nervous for that. I was like, I'm not like afraid of heights, but you definitely get like that yeah. feeling oh, and like you know like that's high. so I was like that plus the like nervousness of uh you know getting photographs with Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, yeah. And then uh 
it was different than what I had expected it to be. So like they made it seem like I was going to have like solo time Mm. with her to like take portraits and stuff like that. But what it ended up being was like this kind of like press, very small uh, press situation. So it was like two other like press photographers. I think there was like someone from Getty or something like that. And they're the classic big Nikons with the huge flash and stuff like that. My thing is like I've done this a lot of time where I'm like thrown in these environments where they're just for regular photos, but like I'm they're like okay, well get some like in your style like in while while we're doing this, we can like get something different. So yeah, basically it was just she was super nice, Yay. extremely uh, extremely welcoming, and and uh, that was just such a cool like New York moment that it was just like it was Damn funny. Right. We, were, we were sitting <laughs> waiting for like her to show up every time. It was funny because they were doing a lot of press things, and you know the dog on Instagram, Tika the Iggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like we're just sitting there waiting, and then like, this dog walks by, and I was like, "Yo, that's Tika!" Oh my god! And I was like, "What are we? Where are we? What is going on right now?" And then. Uh, and then Sarah Jessica Parker walked in, and then we got all the photos and all went went up to the the roof and then got those. And you know, it's funny, it's like these things happen in a flash and it's like you don't even feel like it even happened. Like it was yeah. like a dream, you know. What what camera was that? What camera did you use? Oh that was that, that was the, on my uh... digital camera. That was on the uh Sony A seven R four. Yeah, and it was like I was so mm. bummed because like I said, I, I thought this was gonna be like a solo type of thing and I'd be yeah. able to and I had my Pentax six seven two ready oh, to go and I was just damn. like I, yeah. I just I like I just wanted one frame, you know, and I was just like I know. I know. I uh, it was just too fast of a moment to uh yeah. to make that happen. And obviously like the film wasn't my client's like no, no, first yeah, need. Yeah. So like, you know, I had to make sure that everything was set with the digital stuff beforehand. I mean that's a it's a stunning stunning photo regardless. Thank you. I have a I even so, have like a bunch yeah. of I haven't shared like all the photos that I've got with her on the roof. So like I have a bunch more. But yeah, I was that was a lot of fun and like such a like I love like moments and like you know I always think like I come from a different it, it, like it feels funny me in like a beauty you know working with Tiffany's yeah yeah working yeah with Tiffany and Co yeah. and like I did some stuff. Revlon and Glossier and it just always kind of feels funny like taking this kind of like street approach and then bringing it to like fashion and beauty and stuff like that's so, it so feels, good though I love that yeah this is different yeah, yeah exactly so it's funny like I always battle in my head like oh do I belong or like do I feel like right in these spaces and then I was like you know what actually like I feel like yeah like I tell my story in a different way and feel you know exactly. absolutely and i hope exactly. that makes other people feel comfortable to to do that too that this isn't a space that can't be filled up by people like like me you know so i love that yeah that was that was a great experience and i was really happy with how those photos came out because i was stressed yeah. to say the least I believe it. And I, I, I know the feeling when you're like, when you, when you think a situation is going to go a certain way and it never, it almost never is, you know? And it's <laughs> like, always funny because they were like, I was like, oh, do you want me to use flash or something? Because I don't know, you know, what's going on. I don't prefer to use flash with digital and, and, and yeah. I was just like, I don't know what the, and then they're using all these big flash setups and I was like, oh shit, like, did I totally fuck up? You know what I mean? Yeah. But then, like, oh, they, didn't, no. they didn't want flash, you know what I mean? But it's like, you never know. It always just get thrown into the gauntlet and then you come out with the pictures 100%. and hope that they come out great. Dude, you nailed it. Thank all you. Amazing. Yeah. Totally. We'll be right back with a listener question for Maxwell right after this message from our sponsor. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Just wanted to pop in here quick and let you know about our Patreon-only Develop and Hang Nights. We develop some film, we talk shop, we laugh, we have fun. We also tried to grab a former guest for these. We've done a bunch already. They're a great time. If that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Patreon is the best way to support the show. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from, this is on Twitter, at Jumbotron Legend. And they wanted to know, they say, please talk night photography, talk inspiration, and any tricks to help break editing routines. I'm stuck in my ways, but want to branch out. Good questions. Very good. Yeah, that is a good question, especially with film photography. I think uh, mm. when uh, I started photography a long time ago, when I was not I was doing my phone and digital and wasn't doing film photography, night photography was one of my biggest things that I really liked going out late at night. Also, I was working late. So that was just had like my free time was. Oh, was yeah. Late. Yeah. So I really love that. But like with film photography, it was a lot more difficult with the you know lower iso and just trying to figure mm-hmm. out how make uh make it look too dark and like make sure i get the right exposure just how figuring out the reading but i think like the biggest thing with editing and and inspiration and stuff like that with night photography is don't fear the darkness is like use don't worry mm. about things being too dark like you know you you want to find a light source and not worry about it's great to have darkness in your image. You don't want everything yeah, to be yeah, bright. And yeah. that tells the story. So it's like, if you see some of my photos uh, at night on film, you see that like a lot of them are kind of like this lantern vibe where there's one light source in the middle and it's spread and there's darkness all around it. You know what I mean? So you see that a lot with the food carts. That's why I love those like light sources because it's like this really bright light source in the middle and then it's surrounded by dark. It's also about like letting go of the preciousness of like what aperture you need to be, what shutter speed you need to be, just really going for it. You know, sometimes like the image comes out a little blurry. Sometimes the image, yeah, yeah. just really trying it out because I really like getting images at night when I have this one image of the Chrysler building on uh, Cinestill 800T. I think I pushed it one mm-hmm. stop to 1600. And uh, you could see, like, it's really soft. Like, I figured, I don't know what aperture I shot it at. I can't remember. But um, I think I shot it at, like, a 15 hundredths of a second shutter speed or, or maybe even less than that. And it's, like, really kind of blurry, but it has the feeling. And I think that's always, like, getting loose with that and not, uh, yes. not you know, 
not getting tied up to uh, to like what shutter speed you need or what aperture you need, and just like just kind of playing around and experimenting, and and also just like push the film. You know what I mean? Like don't be a yeah. little rough with it sometimes. Like push your film to like, <laughs> three stops and just go crazy with it. It's funny because like with digital photography, we want about like accuracy with like colors and stuff like that, but like film is beautiful in the sense is like that when you push and you do these things and play around with the speeds of the film and, and the, the development process that you get these unique looks to the the images, which is funny because digital photography tries to achieve these looks that like they want to, they get the accurate mm-hmm. image, but mm-hmm. then they edit it to look like these things. Yeah. So, yep. Yep. You know, Kodak Gold, two film, a couple films that I really love pushing Kodak Gold, pushing two stops. Oh, okay. You'll see in a lot of my images, actually, I shoot kind of like right at dawn. So it kind of like fakes that it's like at night. So like you get a little bit more Mm -hmm. light. And then if I shoot something pushed like one or two stops, it makes the shadows darker than they would be. So like if you see like there's an image that I have of like a food car with a guy squirting mustard. And like if you actually look at the top part of the image, like it looks like dawn and not night. That's where I like wow. to like shoot like right at that time at dawn sometimes kind of like mock the the night look and kind of get that, you know, cleaner image. But uh Fuji Superior 400 push two stops I really yeah. like a lot because it gets this like really saturated especially like I have this shot of the 59th Street Bridge and it was like at blue hour and it just gets got so saturated it looks surreal like it's mm. like it doesn't look Wow. It looks kind of unreal. And like the way that was at a time where I was like kind of unprecious with the film. So it was like kind of scratched and has like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, dust on and everything. And I just like love those images so much. But really, I think it just all comes to the fact of like just lose the preciousness and like just experiment. Yep. Literally just put film in and shoot and don't think anything more than that. And just like, you know, you think, oh, well, I need to be at least 30, 30th, whatever, hundreds of a second to get a key. No, you just don't. Like, yeah. Just push it to whatever you think, you know? I mean, Forget it's about just, it. uh, yeah. <laughs> but the one thing I realized, you know, uh, Matt Stoffel from Kodak, he sent this uh, thing on Twitter talking about like how film reacts when pushing. And that was like, that blew my mind. because It was like, basically the shadows stay the same from the beginning. So it just continues to crush the, the blacks like more. Yeah. each stop you go Mm. so like that's where i realized like a big thing is like not metering for mid-tones or highlights like making sure to stay closer to the shadows and like darker tones so like certain things don't get too dark and uh that definitely Mm. like helped some of the work but then but then again you have films like cinestill which i feel like look better dark you know like they get like that that, like better color and the, the the way the halation looks is like more interesting sometimes um and you know i like to think that i'm like calculated about all these things but i'm not i just like you know <laughs> i like yeah. i just like to experiment and like that's what i was going going back in the whole the whole mentality and process originally with the iphone that it's like it's just about getting the pictures if all these technical things are in place and it makes the image that much more beautiful then that's great but you know like that's the the original part of like the the thinking behind it and then you know as you go and you experiment more than you like it's more about like your your creative guessing becomes smaller you know what i mean but yeah it's right yeah 
experiment as much as possible. That's why people, when people tell me like, what do you, how do you get better at photography is like, I take photographs all the yeah, time. You have to, right. you have to push all the button. The I photograph yep. as much as possible. That's what I tell people. Take as many pictures as you can. Yep. And that's, uh, I love that. That's what gets me to be a better photographer. Killer, killer answer. So good. Yeah. Thank you. Man. So I guess we got to give you the the fun old camera questions too. They're, uh, okay. <laughs> it's a two-part question. The first part of the question is your desert island camera. So it's your ride or die. It's the only one you can have for the rest of your life. You know, the island is stacked with development and film, so you don't have to worry about any of that yep. stuff. But yeah, Batteries, yeah, you're good, you're good. So what's the camera <laughs> And why? I think that that has to be the Contax G2 easily. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Like it. I just, uh, the way that camera works, it's so simple. I love the fact that I can do aperture priority. I love the fact that yep. the autofocus is super fast. And like for street photography, for literally anything I can use, I can put on the flash and use it like a point and shoot. I can, yeah. I yeah. can yep. use it for street photography. I can use it for portraits. Like. I absolutely love that camera, hands down. I, Ooh. you know, I always tell people manual cameras are different. They have a whole different vibe to it. That's why I love shooting with the A1 and that has a different style to it. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I think it comes to a point like in photography where you're like, this might be controversial, but like a lot of people are like, oh, you have to shoot manual forever to be a real photographer. But it's like, get to get to learn aperture priority get like get find yeah. ways to get your images better with the things that are available on the camera you know what i yeah. mean yeah and it's like if i'm if i'm selecting my aperture and you know the film stock and stuff like that like i'm designing the image you know what i mean so it's like what's right. you know a lot of people feel differently about that but like that's that's what I love about the the G2 is that like I can go back to that sense of like when I'm on the iPhone was like I'm thinking about capturing the moment and not necessarily diving too much into the technical details. And I'll just be like, okay, I want to shoot F8 and I know that's what I want the photos to look like. And yep. then if the, mm -hmm. if the shutter speed is looking, you know, around the range that I want it to do, then the camera is doing everything I need it to do, you know? If you have the eye for photography, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that's more important than you can shoot manual with this and that forever. But if your photos aren't good because <laughs> yeah. you don't you don't have the inherent like you're not learning <laughs> to like be get better at composition and stuff like that. Also, then. Yeah doesn't yeah exactly. and why and was, why not why not make it a little easier for yourself too especially you know right. yeah at the beginning man you you learn that stuff you learn that camera on manual you understand what iso mm -hmm. is what aperture is what shutter speed is you have to it's it's crucial to know that mm -hmm. but damn once you got that you're five years ten years in of pulling the trigger pressing the button yo make it easier for yourself a little bit don't don't be so hard totally. on yourself exactly I love point and shoots. I'll point uh -huh. shoot all day. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, my mother favorite camera, the Minolta TC1. Oh, that's an awesome mm -hmm. camera too. Yeah, because yeah. it works like a rangefinder in a way. It has that feeling with the the way that the uh, aperture dial is on the front. Like mm -hmm. I had a I had a Contax mm -hmm. T2. I think is what the the Contax point and shoot, yeah. and I did not like mm -hmm. that camera at all. Like it just <laughs> didn't work for me, and also yeah. just like. I was like, I feel like I'm going to break this. I don't know. I mean, it was sturdy, but it just like. Yeah, that was that was my issue with it, too. I didn't love it. And I was like, if I, I don't if I get one scratch. Yeah. Gonna... Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't. 
Yeah, I didn't vibe with it at all. Well, I love that answer. That's a great answer. Yeah, me too. Let's give you part two. Mm -hmm. It's the white whale. Is there any camera out there that you've always wanted to own or shoot that you just haven't Mm -hmm. had your, you know, you haven't had your moment with it yet? So that was the the X-Pan. And recently I was recently Mm. I was I was uh, in a good place to to get one of those. So I, I finally got one. Ooh. And uh, I'm re- I'm really happy that I got. It. But part of me is thinking is almost thinking that uh, that might be not for me. Like I I really hear love that it, a lot. We hear that a lot. So, yeah. it's so precious and it was so expensive. And it's just like I don't know. Maybe it was just cool to have like a short experience with it. Maybe mm. I'll sell it like in a year or something. And mm-hmm. damn the price a year from now. Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And uh, so I would say my white whale now is the, uh, I think it's the Fuji 6, uh, G617, the like huge oh, the Fuji big boy. panorama yeah. Yeah. camera. Yeah. That's just like, mm. I'm, I'm a panorama head. Like I love, love shooting it too. panoramic images on film. I don't know what it is. It just, to me, is the most fun that I have. Yes, especially with those cityscapes, too. I mean, that's the New York is the place for that. Mm. For oh, sure. I love it. And also, just like street photography. Like, I love the Minolta P's, uh, like, really budget. You know, like, it just it shoots a panoramic image on one 35 millimeter frame. Yeah, yeah, super, yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, yeah. you're shooting what? Like, uh, what is the like 10 8 millimeter film? Or what is the yeah, other? Yeah, the 110, the 110 yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically, like, you're shooting 110 film, but like, I love that camera. And it's funny because yeah. people will be like, I'll have those images on Twitter or Instagram and people are like, oh, did you like shoot these on an X-Band? And I'm like, no, I shot this on like a budget <laughs> point and shoot where I have to t- manually hold the button down to turn the flash off when I'm taking photos. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I guess the one thing behind that is is the scanning. That really like has opened up. Yeah. When I switched over to the negative supply kit with the DSLR scanning, you realize that you're like only accessing a portion of the information of film with yeah. uh, the flatbeds, yeah. you know? And it's just like, yeah. when I saw that I can get this amount of detail from this little tiny panoramic image on one 35 millimeter frame, I was like, this is, I'm uh, yeah, I'm sold. I love, that I makes try a to get huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Flatbed technology is so outdated. Like it's just so dated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just like nothing is perfect. You know, nothing is perfect. It's like we're evolving as things go. And like, but there's like, it's, it's like the same thing with the photography and the developing is like, everything is a creative part of the process that you're touching and becoming a part of. And like, turns into your style like you know like yeah i don't you know like i scan at night it's like it's not only like a thing that i do that i feel like gets the better image but it's like a meditative thing for me so it's like you know what i mean Dude, like yeah. there's so many parts of the process that and i don't know you know i'm just telling myself oh this is getting me a, be- a better better image <laughs> and i don't even know you know what i mean like i love the rituals i love the rituals that come in yeah. with this stuff because i'm a i'm a huge fanboy when it comes to you know i have my ways of developing and scanning and if i, I mm-hmm. feel like if i'd kind of minus one of those it wouldn't be my thing anymore so like yeah it's it's it, they're important once you once you figure out your mm-hmm. thing you know oh for sure especially when you throw them all together and you'll be like you'll shoot develop and scan in yep. one day yep. you're, yeah, like, yeah. you're like this is like fucking magic you're it like, is it, it, it <laughs> is it is it's ma- you nailed it on that man yeah well both 
awesome answers. Thank you so much for those. Chris, anything else? Anything else? No, this was a great... Thank you for hanging out with us, Maxwell. This was such a great conversation. I'm glad we did finally line up all of our schedules to get you in. Where where can everybody check you out? Where's the best place to find your work? Yeah, so I think Instagram is really the best place uh, to find my work is uh, Instagram is at New York City Vibes spelled out. And then same thing on Twitter, New York City Vibes spelled out. I think I am probably more accessible for like having conversations and like going back and forth Mm -hmm. about process and whatever on Twitter. So like I'm always down to, you know, obviously Twitter is in kind of a hiatus now I feel like for how it was uh, before. Like it felt like it was booming before and everybody was sharing every part of their process and cameras and new equipment with so I feel like things have kind of slowed down now but I'm, I'm always down to have conversations on Twitter so Timothy where are you guys you can head over to Twitter Instagram TikTok Granary <laughs> it's all at Timothy Makeups it's pretty easy to get there I also have a bunch of older YouTube videos where I talk about you know photography and, and all kinds of crazy stuff over there easiest way to find that is go to the search bar type in Timothy Makeups you'll find a bunch of my stuff there Chris where are you so I am Chris B photo on all the things as well Granary Instagram t- TikTok Twitter <laughs> all of them got at Analog Talk Pod on Twitter and Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram and that's it Maxwell that's it Thank you. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Oh, anyone, I got to plug my, uh, if anyone wants to look into some uh, scanning stuff from, from Negative Supply, you can use my code NYCVIBE10 for a nice. 10% discount. Hey. Cool. Highly recommend it. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me on. Seriously, it was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, of course. Awesome. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next one. Have Bye. One. All right, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks, Maxwell, for coming on the show. What a great story. Like, super, super, super inspiring episode. Super interesting to hear how you broke into photography through doing video and how you were early to Instagram. Just, I mean, we love what you're doing. Thanks again for taking the time to hang out with us. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk for only a buck. You can get the show two days early. We also have our Patreon only develop and hangs. We have a bunch of stuff over there. And for the Patreons that already help support the show, guys, we do not know what we would do without you. Patreon is the best way to support the show. So head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. And until next week, we will see you with an all new episode. Take care, guys. Later.